the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Some people ask questions from the Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. We are on the air again. Thank you, everyone, for joining us tonight for the Bible Live broadcast. My darling, beautiful, talented, and intelligent daughter is at my side, Stacy. Uh, hi, honey. Uh, good to see you. And uh, we've got a great program, I think, in plan, in store. We're going to have an, a wonderful guest come on. Uh, an old friend is going to be with us here in a few minutes, and we're going to talk about uh, a momentous occasion in his life and probably for us as Believers here in our great city of San Antonio in South Texas, and, and you know who knows, maybe uh, further beyond that, uh, we're going to be talking uh, about a book that has been completed and finished by a San Antonio author, yeah. and get some of his comments and background and thoughts and opinions and information. We'll be opening our phone lines and letting any of you that would like to call in and be a part of the program, as we always do. To call in, and uh, we're going to be continuing to review the book of Ezekiel. That's what we read this past week. All of our readings came from uh, Ezekiel chapter 22 through 40. We didn't actually finish the book. We will finish the book in two more readings, Monday and Tuesday this coming week. And then we'll go right on into the wonderful and amazing book of Daniel, the, this um, this amazing individual who was taken uh, hostage, exile into Babylon by Nebuchadnezzar and rose to a position in the, I think he was uh, a road to a real high position, very respected position in, uh, in Babylon through the reigns of four or five different emperors. I mean, he... Daniel exercised an incredible, um, well, I don't mean incredible instead of unbelievable, <laughs> because it is really, we have the record of it and we know it's true, but but just a remarkable, amazing influence over the um, Babylonian Empire and then the Medo-Persians after them, uh, a remarkable influence. And uh, for, and I'm not just talking for... Um, if we say for Judaism, for, for the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I, I don't want to make it about religion so much as it's about representing the true and living God. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it represent, uh, like 
like Ezekiel and, and Jeremiah, the, the, these prophets. The prophets, you know, they were Jewish and they were their background. They came out, of, but they. It's funny <laughs> when you talk about religion as opposed to, uh, let's say, just just purely about okay. Uh, that's why people say Christianity is not actually, in its essence, in its core, mm-hmm. it's not a religious system. Right. It, in its core, it's a relationship mm-hmm. with the true and living God mm-hmm. through, uh, by, by faith, right. trusting in the redemptive plan that God has put in place for humanity and, and re- acknowledging the Messiah mm-hmm. that, that had been promised and, and predicted and who came and trusting in his work on our behalf and by faith coming into a, real, a firm, um, confident, secure relationship with the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the true and living God. So and, and you could say all that without talking about actually religious system, you know, the, if what religious system is, uh, because that in its essence, that's what Christianity is not a religious system. Right. It, now, obviously, once you've come to know the Lord begun a relationship with God, uh, he, you count on him to guide you. And how are you going to give expression to your relationship with God? How are you going to um, worship him? How are you going to serve him? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we, we let God guide us. Mm-hmm. That's, that's part of our being a Christian is trusting in God, his presence in our life by his spirit uh, to guide us and, and lead us to what religious well, denomination or group or who we would congregate with and you know, and grow and and and, and learn. So it, it it's it's really murky there <laughs> because people are so so accustomed to talk about religious and religious religious systems, and uh, it's confusing yeah. to be honest. You know, it gets if you're trying to have a conversation. So um, we. Um, I always thought I like that uh, image of, you know, in the early church, they would, uh, it wasn't, they didn't ask necessarily questions. They just, the ichthys, you know, I would like that, of the ichthys in the sand. Uh, oh, the, yeah. Just the, yeah. I mean, and, and when you talk about, you know, confusing or in a time, in a time when you're not even quite sure how to define yourself or what the terms are anymore or if somebody's out to kill you for being what you are or, for, you know, I, yeah. um, I like that, just that quiet, simple, that fish in the sand. But anyway, that's... Uh, yeah. And, and then I think there always has been distinctives about... Um, believe you know being a believer. That's one of the yeah. classes out at Lackland. You know, e- even the, quote Christianity is not monolithic. I mean, we look at all the denominations, and they're all little slightly different mm-hmm. read, a slightly mm-hmm. different expression. Mm-hmm. Some people uh, take. Look, I had one of the airmen at Lackland ask me today about, do we ever take uh, communion here in, in your classes or in, in, at the base? Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, you need to ask a chaplain about that because I, I, I'm not sure. I, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they don't, mm-hmm. but. Uh, maybe the chaplain could I consider that. I have a good that. recipe for that if if we need a recipe. <laughs> <I> okay, <do>. okay. <laughs> bread. You want uh, some unleavened bread for them? Yeah. Is that what you're going to? Well, anyway, the point is, is that whether it's baptism or communion or feet washing, you know, there's mm-hmm. some different customs, different yeah. procedures. Uh, that doesn't divide us necessarily. It's just. It's just variety in different cultures, mm-hmm. language, mm-hmm. And p- foods, and that sort of thing. When you go to when you go to a church, 
lunch, you're going to have uh, enchiladas and tacos, you know, <laughs> instead of chicken fried steak and fried chicken. Good I don't old know. potluck uh, example. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's, that's uh, everybody can understand that. Uh, but anyway, maybe our guest will be able to step in and answer some of these and look at it because he is uh, a Jewish person himself who has taken a look at the uh, New Testament. And that's fairly rare. The, the Gospels, gospels yeah. Uh, and, and, well, he's read and studied the whole New Testament, but he's written this book right. about uh, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And that's that's going to be an interesting, uh, the book is going to be very interesting. I, I've visited with him at length, and uh, we'll, he'll tell us more about it. Yeah. And before we, I guess we, uh, maybe Psalm 119 is a perfect Oh, it is. Segue. You're exactly um, right. Going into that because it's the longest psalm, uh, and it's written by Ezra. No, don't. Oh, oh you told totally Oh, that's so all right, sorry. though. That no, that's all right. That would have been a perfect question. That would have been a good if question. If you just tuned in right now, <laughs> who wrote Psalm 119? <laughs> who, who wrote the longest psalm in, in the psalms, 150 of them? Mm-hmm. Uh, the longest psalm is Psalm 119, and almost every verse in the psalm deals with the scriptures. Right. Yes. It talks about the edicts, the commands of God, the, and it uses different terms, mm-hmm. but they're almost all of them talk about uh, the beauty, the power, right. the truth of, of the gospel, the reliability, of, not the gospel, of the scriptures. Right. And so the, the question is, who wrote Psalm 119? And I, <laughs> if, you, if you heard Stacy. And got a little hint. That's all right. We don't mind. That's good. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> she didn't know I was gonna. I was gonna make that. You're exactly right, though. That's a good segue uh, uh, to the idea. Uh, mm-hmm. The idea of the scriptures and considering them, right. um, and, and looking maybe at a Jewish look, a, 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 a Hebrew um, perspective. Uh, perspective mm-hmm. of those passages. It's it's a kind of a rare thing. Yes, not and many I love do that. Uh, yes, and I love how uh, I believe that it's an acrostic. Is that right? There are 22 segments yes, exactly in Psalm right. 119, and each um, section begins with a, a, letter, a letter from, from the, the Hebrew, Hebrew alphabet. alphabet. Which, I, <clears throat> you know, it, when you think of the scriptures and, and God's word to us and his writing throughout generations and time and history, um, that's you know that that's so typical of of what he would do. It's fun. It's exciting. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's amazing. It's Can you imagine? And it's it's full of not only in your face truths that are just obvious and plain, but he also it's just so rich and full. And uh, yeah, and I just think Psalm one nineteen is a perfect. Uh, sure. Oh, just a perfect environment to have this guest and talk about the scriptures and and the, how they're. And how it is so interesting that, of course, we don't get that in English. We don't understand it because right. we have Psalm one nineteen, and it's, it does show those sections you're talking about. Yeah. But not many believers know, know that yes, yes. in the Hebrew, the first line of every line in these twenty two different sections. Yeah. The first word of the first line of every psalm, uh, every line of Psalm 119 begins with Aleph mm-hmm. and, then, and, and then the second letter and the third letter. And they go through the whole alphabet. It is amazing, actually. Mm-hmm. Hey, I, I, have I'd like to be able to see that and appreciate it. I, I, wondered if the, I wonder if the English translators have ever thought about maybe 
Well, let's see if we can do that. <laughs> Somehow, A. <laughs> we have 26 letters in our alphabet, and they have only uh, 22, I guess, so we'd have to be reconcile that. Well, let's go to our phone and take our first caller. It is our special guest for the evening. His name is Jacob. Many of you know him. Jacob has been a helper on this program, a partner with me for many years, five or six years, I think, uh, right, Jacob? Is is that how long we worked together there here on well, the Bible actually, Live? Uh, hello, Sophie. Hello, Hi, friend. Actually, it was longer than that, but who's coming? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, it just seemed longer. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, at least. Well, I, I'm, I'm so glad you're back on the air with us, and I'm really glad to de- deliver the news to our listeners that the book that you have labored over and thought about and planned and uh, God has put in your heart to write uh, is is completed and finished. I hold in my hand not a copy of the book itself yet, but I have uh, the photocopy of uh, the beautiful cover on the book. And, and, and uh, it's got, you know, the Hebrew jot and tittle and interesting uh, information on the back of the back cover. And then uh, it is titled, A Jew Unconceals the Gospels for Christians. And so you are a, you are a follower of Jehovah, a, a worshiper of the true and living God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and a scholar and an understanding, knowledgeable about the scriptures uh, from that point of view, from the Hebrew point of view. And that's always been a delight and a help to us in our faith. Uh, you are not hostile to Jesus. Uh, in, in fact, you know, someone may call and ask you, well, what is your view and thought? Uh, and, you know, we, we've opened up the phone lines, 210-340-9585. But I was just commenting to Stacy. It's, it's, I guess it's relatively rare, isn't it, Jacob, for uh, a, a genuinely Jewish person to to go with that Hebrew knowledge and background linguistically and culturally to go to the New Testament and actually give a serious read and a serious analysis of uh, the New Testament, the, the, the gospel. Well, in your book actually focuses on the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, but you've, you've done that. And I, and that's, uh, I wonder, is that, how unique is that? Have a lot of, uh, have a lot of others done that? Well, actually, Sophie, generally, and first of all, I'd like to say that uh, thanks for giving me a moment on your show. I'm glad you called me today. It's very nice of you. And I do want to tell everybody that I did mention you in the dedication because you were a good friend for, and we did uh, the show for, I believe, close to between eight and nine years. But at any rate, but um, I got to tell you, no, you're a very, very good man. You're very important. And I will tell you this, that yes, it's a little unusual, but I do want to stress this. Uh, in no way have I contested anything. I accepted the Gospels for for our purposes exactly as they're written, no matter what they uh, – I never contest anything about Jesus. I just go go exactly through what it says, and I did a lot of research. It actually took me over eight years. I so I did – yeah, I did a lot of research. And I will tell you that in the the rules that how I wrote this in the beginning, I explained that I accept everything as is. I don't change anything, no matter what Jesus says or what the Gospels say. I accept them exactly as they are. And you are right. Generally, 
generally speaking, when you read a, a Christian text about Jewish Judaism or Jewish religions, many times it's critical. And in return, many times when you read stuff uh, written by Jews, it is critical of uh-huh. the Christian. And But I don't do that. I absolutely accept for the purposes of this exactly what it says and go back and try to say, this is where they got it. This is what it meant. And the reason I I did do a rather, hopefully, provocative title, uh, Jew Unconceals Get the Gospels for Christians, is because there's a, you know, there's an old bromide about um, the Old Testament is concealed. The New Testament is revealed. Yes. What is uh, it? It so, says the New Testament in, is in the Old Testament concealed, and the Old Testament is in the New Testament revealed. So, there, yeah, yeah that's, that's the old yeah. bromide that you talk about that's saying. Yeah. And yeah. you've written that a, a Jewish person now considers the New Testament and unconceals. It reveals to it that you, you kind of help make that link between – because. Jesus himself was a Jew, a, a, a reverent, practicing, um, worshiping God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And all of the early believers, his disciples and followers, most of them were uh, Jewish men and women. Uh, it, of course, it exploded out of Jerusalem, out of uh, Israel, and across the Roman Empire. Uh, and many, many thousands, millions of Gentiles have bought into now the worship of, of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and so on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was um, it, 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 it has become a point of confusion in some ways. I, I, I sometimes regret what has happened that that we think only in terms of religion and religious uh, terms, and when in reality, like I said before, that I don't think Jesus came to establish a new religion. He came to complete, fulfill the promises of God in the Hebrew Scriptures of, of the Messiah, and to carry out a work of redemption, uh, uh, the work that was laid out for the Messiah to purchase our redemption and and uh, so on. But anyway, it's it, it, I, I kind of regret in some ways the the. Distinctions, maybe? Yeah, the, disti- the little bit of the false wall between the two, because mm-hmm. it, you know, we are the ones who we've been grafted in, we're told in the New Testament. We're, I'm a, an Apache Indian, a Gentile, but I've I've worshipped the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I revere the, the Word of God, the prophets, and the writings of the uh, Hebrew Scriptures, and I, I follow after the Messiah, who I believe to be the Messiah that was promised. And in other words, I don't know how much more Jewish, in a sense, I could be if, if well, we, we want could, to talk about it in those terms. You, how would that be? <laughs> well, maybe, uh, maybe that's why the, the uh, maybe that's why Romans that's the split. Yeah, that may explain it right there. But anyway, uh, thank you for coming on, and let's talk a little bit. Sure. Uh, Stacy has a, a question or two about you as well oh, about I, the book. Oh, sure. Well, go yes, ahead, J- Jacob. Yes. Did you had you finished your what? Uh, I didn't want to. Well, I guess okay. Um, speaking of, one thing I wanted to say is your background. I'm sure, uh, being a lawyer, and you talking about how you read, and to me, it just. I'm sure, and it sounds like you had just a very objective approach. This is what the scriptures say. This is what the Tanakh says. This is what the and and we were able to just write that from a very objective. Very lawyer background. I bet that came in well, handy. Uh, 
That's very nice of you, Stacy. And and yeah, I'm sure those skills transferred over. At least I hope they did. I'm sure. Uh, but but I, I yeah, I really did go back and and I do say in the as I say the part of the, the page that says the rules on how I wrote this, I make it very clear that this is. Uh, pre-first century and first century uh, Jewish thought. And I tried to put everything that especially was in the Gospels in that context. And it is a little different because it's not from the Christian perspective. And I say this in the rules. And I I really use the ancient Jewish perspective. And frankly, only once or twice in the entire book do I ever go into... uh, 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 Jewish sources that's not familiar. I try to use just what we call the Old Testament, or the Jews call the Tanakh, mm-hmm. and I try to do that. May I give you an example? Yes, sure. that'd be great. Okay. Well, for example, we're all familiar with why John the Baptist, or he had his head cut off, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh-huh. And his head was put on a platter. We all know that. Mm-hmm. But And we we tend, in the Christian point of view, they tend to read that as if it was something about maybe a salacious thing, maybe a licentious because of um, he was interested in the daughter of his wife, that kind of stuff. And, but they, and, she, danced, really, and she danced for them or something like that. Yeah. Right. Exactly mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. Exactly so. And But actually, if you, it's actually in the Old Testament, the Tanakh. And what it's really about is, is that um, it's they would cut off a firstborn male head or a religious prophet's head and put the name of their god in his mouth, cover it in tar, and put it on either a gold or silver platter. Mm-hmm. And they believed they could get the, the they could get information about what was going to happen, the other side, that kind of thing. One of the very the word for that in Hebrew is uh, teraphim. Mm-hmm. And one of the first times you see that, for example, is it's um, Rebecca. Um, oh yes, she she brings uh, her uh, she brings uh, so they transfer translate in English a household god. But the truth is, it's her little brother's head. No, and so that's and that's, that's <laughs> actually the word. Aww. Yeah, that. That's actually what she's doing. That's what she's taking. She took us out to bury it. And so that's the story of what's going on with Legman. And as you go through it, you'll actually find places, in uh, even in Ezekiel, it talks about the teraphim, that they, they don't say anything. They, do, they have lying tongues, and people try to get information out of a dead head. And it's, all that information is in there. So that kind of puts it in context that they weren't just interested in uh, maybe paying John back some for his, his insult, his insulting them. They were actually seeking, and, and we have to remember that uh, Herod was not Jewish. He is an Edomite. He is, as it says in most of the English translations, he was an Edomanian or Edomite. And one of the fascinating things is when we go back and we look, now he did marry a, a Jewish lady. He had a couple of Jewish kids, which he later killed. But what's fascinating is, uh, and people know uh, that Jesus, as it says in the New Testament, was born in a, a manger. Manger could be loosely translated as something that's coming up in a, about 10 days, uh, maybe maybe seven, eight days. The tabernacle. It, 
Right. A tent, a tent. Very good. Mm. You know, so, mm. Sophie, they don't pay you enough for what you do. <laughs> the, but, I'll go on, so, go on. Yeah. Yeah. But, so actually, so, but see, in Genesis, it says this. Uh, we know that Jacob comes back. He sees Esau, and they, they, they want to travel together, but Jacob says no. He stops in a place, and as far as I know, and I'm pretty secure on this, it's the only time in the Bible that a place is named for an animal. It says in Genesis, he stopped in Sukkot, which is tabernacles, as you say, mm-hmm. or booth sometimes. And this is fascinating because it says right in that same passage, we will meet again. Well, now, why would he name the place he names in Genesis and get this? He calls it Sukkot, which is a little a little hut, and it's a place where you put your animals. It's a, and what would be in there and them at that time would be lambs, sheep. And where's the location? Believe it or not, Bethlehem. And so he's actually, what it's telling you is that the manger, the Sukkot, if you will, was actually built by Jacob. And Jacob says to Esau, we'll meet again in the future. Well, they do meet again in the future. In the, uh, the New Testament, what happens is Jesus is a descendant of Jacob, a Jew, and uh, Esau's descendant becomes Herod. So their descendants, they do meet again. Mm-hmm. Wow. wow. <laughs> oh, so, that's, that's the kind of thing we're in store for. Now, uh, we're coming up on our break, Jacob, so let us know when the book will actually be available on, I think, on Amazon, if, you, if I understand correctly. Uh-huh. Yeah, and uh-huh. and uh, just... Um, you know how people. I, I want to let our listeners know about it because we're so proud of you from our, our own city, uh, yeah. a great scholar and so someone who work. looks at. Oh, it, I'm just so admiring and yeah. and uh, appreciative for the work that you put in here, and I think it will be an encouragement to um, believers, those who love the Lord and follow the Lord. It will really add to our understanding of the scriptures for sure. Right. So, how can Actually, people get it? They'll answer, uh, and it'll be available in two to three weeks, and people will be able to order and order it on Amazon and get as many copies as you'd like. <laughs> All right. Well, we're so happy for you, friend. That that's a, a great accomplishment, and I, you've labored hard on it. And I and I want our listeners to know about it and uh, profit from your insight and your uh, commentary. That it is you. You'll do nothing but strengthen people's faith and, and their their walk with the true and living God. I thank you for coming on with us, Jacob. Thank you. Thank you, Sophie. Thank you, Stacy. And we'll talk again. All right. Well, there's our music. We've uh, come to the end of our first segment. And so the Bible Live will continue. We'll come back and consider. Now take into consideration some of Psalm 119, which we read, as always, as part of our readings this past week. And we read uh, Ezekiel chapters 22 through 40. And we'll comment on those and ask some questions. You can give us a call, 210-340-9585. Maybe you even have a comment or a question about what some of the things we've already mentioned and talked about here in the first segment. Just give us a call, 210-340-9585. We'll be right back. I hope you'll stay right where you are.
You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Dr. Stan Shelton with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway has taken care of the Dollar family that's Suzanne and me plus our three children for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to drshelton.com or call Listening to the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Easy go connect to them. Dry bones, easy go connect to them. Dry bones, easy go connect to them. Dry bones, now hear the word of the Lord. Well, your toe bone connected to you. Foot bone, your foot bone connected to you. Heel bone, your heel bone connected to you. Ankle bone, your ankle bone connected to you. Leg bone, your leg bone connected to you. Knee bone, your knee bone connected to you. Thigh bone, your thigh bone connected to you. Hip bone, your hip bone connected to you. Backbone, your backbone connected to you. Shoulder bone, your shoulder bone connected to you. Neck bone, your neck bone connected to you. Head bone, now hear the word of the Lord. Them bones, them bones gonna walk around. Them bones, them bones gonna walk around. Thank you, John. That's enough fun we've had. <laughs> that, that is that's fun. <laughs> uh, no more fun. Uh, we're back to uh, the book of Ezekiel. Of course, that's the perfect segue into it. And and even the other song was a kind of a perfect. Yes, I loved well the end of the coming other song. together uh-huh. of yeah. uh, Jesus the Messiah and the uh-huh. the Hebrew scriptures and the Hebrew God and the he- promises of the Messiah. So uh, the it's connection good. really good, really good. Uh, well. Yeah. Go ahead. Honey. Oh, it just remind you know inspires. His name is Jesus. It reminded me of what you were talking about. You know, with religion and it's in heaven. You know, it's not going to be 
Um, yeah. Oh, yes, he did this, or yes, they did that, or it's... Oh, or yes, I was I'm, a Presbyterian, right, or no, no I was a Catholic, no, I, I was a Baptist. I, I mean, that's him. not... <laughs> I know he's my child, you know, it's... He's my Lord. It's yeah. he's my Lord. I, uh, it's not about what we did, it's who we knew. It's who we know. <laughs> we know Jesus. I like that. That's We all know that's true. It's not who... It's, it's not the not, grades you make, the hands you shake. They always say that, right? <laughs> what do you say, but It's not the grades you make, it's the hands you shake. <laughs> I don't know about that. Well, we shake God's hand, yeah. and we're, we're in yeah. because we're we know your son. We know you. We know you. It's a relationship. Uh, that's great. Yeah. Well, let's come back to this. Uh, we've looked at the uh, the Psalms, and we have a question out there for you. Who wrote? Uh, well, traditionally, we understand that who was the author of Psalm 119. It is a psalm that uh, that uh, it's the longest psalm. And it has 22 sections, and each section is alphabetic, is following the Hebrew alphabet. The first section is from Aleph. It, the, all the lines start with the Hebrew letter Aleph, and then uh, the next letter and the next letter, like A, B, C, D, E. And each section uh, is identified by the line beginning with a, a different letter from the Hebrew alphabet. I just find that so fascinating. I'd love, we can hardly appreciate it. As Gentiles looking at, because we don't know that language, and it's not when we read English, we, it doesn't show up. But it's an amazing, amazing uh, book, Psalm 119. And our question to you, folks, is who wrote it? All right, if you can give us a an answer to that, we have a wonderful prize for you. I've got um, I've got a series of, of books called God Understands. We've been giving away these. Uh, to many of our listeners that call in and answer questions. It's a great series. It gives you uh, comfort and hope from the Scriptures in different uh, situations of life when you feel life is meaningless, without purpose. Uh, Maybe you're feeling angry or resentful. Uh, Life is unfair. Uh, Maybe you have a fear, a fear fear of death, or fear of a given situation or hopelessness, despair. Well, these series of books give you passages of scriptures to speak to all of these different situations of life. And so we'd love to give you a set of these uh, seven books that are together, and it's called God Understands. So we got that for you, and then we have also a, a, a copy of the entire Bible. It's called the War Fighters Study Bible with maps and commentary and great notes. And so we're going to make that available too, but we'll have to have a special question to uh, let you call in and see if you can um, win that that Bible, an entire Bible. So, uh, this question about the the writer of the book of uh, uh, the Psalm nineteen one hundred and nineteen, uh, we're, we're going to give you a, a copy of these seven books. God understands if you can give us a call and and tell us correctly who uh, it wrote, who is the author of Psalm one hundred and nineteen. The phone number is 210-340-9585. We'll come up with some more questions as well. We've got some some really good questions. These are these are really remarkable readings that we went through. Uh, Stacy, let's go back and talk about them bones, them bones, yes. them dry bones, because we actually read that last week, and in our commentary and our talking about those chapters, we didn't actually address that particular passage uh, found in. Um, I'm trying to remember what chapter. It's in uh, Ezekiel has this vision of a valley of dry bones. Mm-hmm. And um, 
and <laughs> that's where they get this song. And and really, it is probably the most uh, recognizable passage from Ezekiel. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it is one that you know they've written songs about it. Everybody, every preacher has at least one sermon based on that, <laughs> I think. And so. Uh, Talk to me a little bit about the Valley of Dry Bones. Why do you find it mm, attractive, uh, uh, interesting, and uh, what what are some of the things that we can take out of as uh, as believers, as as followers of the Lord Jesus, and and knowing the the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and worshiping Him? What what can we take out of that about our walk with God? Thinking of walk out of. You mentioning also the knee bone, um, That's connected right. to the knee bone. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm dad, a little wimpy today, folks. I, I fell and hurt my knee, so I'm limping a bit, and my daughter's making fun of me right here on the <laughs> air. Here you go, talking about knee bones. But, um, uh-huh. yeah, I mean, I think growing up, there's always just what an image of God breathing life into dry bones. So I think there's just the, just on face value, um, the image of of what God can do and what he can bring to life, you know, what he can call from, you think of bones and it doesn't quite get more, um, not alive. It doesn't get more dead than uh, in terms right. of human, I guess, than Skeletons, dust. Right? Yeah, than, than dust. Uh, We're seeing a lot of those around town today because, you know, oh, right. Halloween, Halloween, October coming uh-huh. up. So. Yeah. And, um, but it, it is a, uh, it, it's a reality. I mean, that's uh, what our bodies are. And, and you, when you do think of death, and I mean, yeah, there's a reason that Halloween has features skeletons. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, you know, God has the power to call them to life. And I think that that can be um, beautiful in one way and also kind of, um, uh, oh, I mean, haunting. I mean, you think of, uh, you know, I not a, a never, I've never been a big zombie kind of character. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> but Very interesting. A very right. interesting point. Why, why all this? Remember, we went through various stages. One, vampires, and then, we've come to, and then now we've come to this thing. Well, I guess it may be a little past right now. Is there that. such a big, still a great deal of emphasis on zombies? Well, um, I, you mean I know it's mo- been very big. Modern culture. You mean yeah, yeah culture? today in our... Um, well, I think that... Probably most recently, it's the uh, it's kind of the army of the end of the undead, if we're actually speaking in yeah. sort of pop culture terms. And you know, there really is no more kind of go- that that would be a pretty in great fear to think of an army of people that won't die. I mean, how do you fight that? And so maybe also kind of bringing that into look and looking in the context of this Valley of Dry Bones, and yeah. um, it sort of. As far as God's hmm. power and his, and God's um, sovereignty over all of the lands and all of the nations and in the context of where there's fighting, I mean, he, he can bring anything life. to life. He can bring anything and, and use anything in terms as, as far as fighting and in as far as uh, any kind of warfare. I mean, so it's pretty awe-inspiring, and I imagine if you're Ezekiel seeing that, I mean, how terrifying. Yeah. How do you kill something that's already been right. killed and is well, now actually, alive? Well, actually, we say that, and it's actually a, a dominant feature of even Game of Thrones. I right. mean, the, the that's whole, what I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. There's and, this, 
but then it also is not only um, makes a very graphic and point about God's sovereignty and his power, but it actually is revealing, in, too, of God's redemptive plan. Mm-hmm. Resolution, and I'm just going to do better. His plan is to take us who were dead in our trespasses right. and sins and right. separated from God and and make us live again, born mm-hmm. again, a new life. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's kind of a picture of even, in that sense, the redemptive plan of God is goes beyond just, you know, I'm turning over yeah. a new leaf. I'm going to be better. Of, I'm mm-hmm. not going to do this or that. It reminds, but yeah. become a new person in right. Christ. You know? I, and yet somehow still remain ourselves. And yes. I think that's an enjoyable, but it also reminds me of that Lewis um, in uh, Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe, when death starts working backwards. I've yes. always loved that part. I've never understood it, but I just think it's but a I lovely like line. Other- <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Great. All right. Well, then uh, the, that's the chapter 37 I mentioned, and that, yes. that it was in our reading uh, this past week. So we did get to chapter 37 of Ezekiel, the Valley of Dry Bones, and and uh, it's it's a, a great passage mm-hmm. that you could look at. What else could we highlight from our readings this past week in the book of Ezekiel? Uh, we talked. Well, I think we talked last week about the idea that God made it very clear that He was holding leaders uh, through Ezekiel here and, and Jeremiah, for that matter. He was holding leaders accountable for their influence, for the way they led uh, and used their authority. Right, and if you wouldn't mind real quickly, um, because I always can stand the uh, the reminder. It's, it's, it's a, who is where now? Ezekiel is in, Yes. because there's so many different, I mean, we've got Jeremiah somewhere, we've got Ezekiel somewhere, we've got Daniel out there, mm-hmm. and they're all writing, and this is all happening at the same time. Well, Jeremiah yeah. would have been a, yes, no, that's right. It's good to uh-huh. see the, the historical context of where right. all of this is taking place. So yeah. Ezekiel is writing at the same time in Babylon, mm-hmm. in that section of Babylon that would have been the area where yeah. probably the uh, a lot of the exiles uh, were, were placed there or made that their mm-hmm. home. Maybe kind of similar to like Goshen. Goshen. Yeah, like you said, mm-hmm. in, the, in the Egyptian, uh, when they went down into Egypt. Now, the, the, uh, it's by the river, I've forgotten something, Bar, uh, okay. K-Bar or something like that. It mentions it in here mm-hmm. in, in the book where they where they kind of the exiles were headquartered. Now, many of the exiles were leaders that came from the royal lineage, Mm -hmm. and they were intelligent, they were gifted, they were educated. And uh, some of them, like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, others, uh, Mordecai we've mentioned, they found a place of service in the Babylonian um, hierarchy, in the palace, and serving the emperor. And they were t- taken advantage of their knowledge, their intelligence, their mm-hmm. skills. Mm-hmm. And so that took place as well. And so in some ways they might have been scattered a bit, but there was a place where they were primarily uh, living there. Uh, there were maybe four to 6,000, maybe a little bit more, uh, that were taken in the three exiles in 605 B.C., in 597 B.C., and finally the, the final exile in 586 corresponded with and took place at the same time as the destruction of right. Jerusalem in the temple. So, so, what is so yeah. e- Ezekiel was 22 years old or so, a young man, when he was taken to the exile with the first group, 605, he was taken over into Babylon and he began to, he's a priest, he's a Levite, and he began to preach and t- talk to the exiles 
about what God was doing and and and, and pre- like the the wheel within a wheel. He was delivering a message that even though we're outside of Israel, we're outside of Jerusalem, away from the temple, God is still here. Mm-hmm. He you know he he's with us and and mm-hmm. so he he's re- at least part of what he was saying there was the vision was was revealing that God is omnipresent and you don't have to be there His to come to faith. His time omnipresent, which I love that. There's that same in, in Revelation, that same yeah. wheel within the, and the same uh, creatures. The, the same the, creatures, mm-hmm. you know, the four faces and that sort of thing. Yeah. So we have Ezekiel is over there preaching uh, amazingly al- almost the same messages. Now, of course, Ezekiel probably heard Jeremiah as a young man, when he was back in, in Israel, Jeremiah exercised the ministry for about 40 years. And so Ezekiel probably knew some of his messages, some of his themes that mm-hmm. he, he brought out. And so it wouldn't be too amazing that, but his messages seemed to parallel quite a bit, even in real time, what right. was happening over in Israel. Right. So Jeremiah is writing <clears throat> in And Jeremiah Israel. is back over in Israel. Right. And then, now how, what's the distance? Uh, here. It's about a thousand miles. Um, okay. Not as the to over into Babylon, you had to go north up to Assyria and across the, what is called the Fertile Crescent mm-hmm. across the north, and then come to Babylon uh, further over. So I think my understanding is about a th- thousand mile, nine hundred okay. to a thousand mile journey okay. <clears throat> that Daniel, anyone would have to make. Yeah. Right. And so Daniel's <clears throat> writing kind of up in the maybe the higher the echelon, higher echelon of. Mm-hmm. Certainly higher than Ezekiel's echelon. Mm-hmm. Um, Ezekiel's, so Daniel's writing at the same time Ezekiel is writing. Ezekiel's kind of on the streets, the street preacher, kind of the street mm-hmm. artist. Uh, and then Jeremiah is writing over in Israel. In Israel, under duress. Under he's duress. being tortured, yes. he's being threatened, he's mm-hmm. being a, a lot of, going through a lot of hardship and difficulty okay. and persecution. So uh, he's over there. <clears throat> and of course, the context here is that uh, they've been warning them for a hundred years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Isaiah before Jeremiah, and then Jeremiah, they've been warned that you're going to be judged for the corruption, for mm-hmm. the idolatry, for the, for abandoning the worship of the true living God. They're part of the covenant mm-hmm. uh, as a people. And, and uh, Ezekiel has a very uh, graphic parable to describe that too the, of the two um, mm. the two women. Oh, they? yeah, Aholibama, uh, and um, I can never say their names as well as I'd like. Um, but I do remember the there are two. I remember her, but the other one, uh, it slips out of my memory so much. Who do we have that? I, I'm looking for that, where that is. But he, he had one of his sermons, one of his visions and and, uh, and messages uh, is about Aholibama, these two sisters. Ahola, Ahola, and Ahola. Holy ba, holy ba, holy ba, holy ba. Yeah, and where is it? Chapter twenty-three. Twenty-three, mm-hmm. and he talks about how they have rejected God yes. and how God. And he's talking about uh, they are representative of uh, the northern tribes. Which one is the northern tribe? Do you know? We don't know. Um, Ahola, Ahola is Samaria. Ahola uh, uh, is Jerusalem. Is, is Judah and mm-hmm. Jerusalem? Mm-hmm. So he's talking about these two sisters that they mm-hmm. they were unfaithful to God mm-hmm. and unfaithful prostituted yeah, themselves, themselves mm-hmm. and following uh, and and so he uses and that the imagery. Older sister yeah. goes first, and what is so sad, and I, I mean I think that that's why I mean it's very graphic. It's 
Um, but when you put it in the context of kind of what how they sold themselves and how they continued to lust after, uh, and he talks about the beautiful, the strong, and so these women lusted after the men and after the um, their the strength and the armor, and and then when and and so they're taken advantage of, and in the end the older sister is destroyed. I mean, she's, she, he, she's given over to what she was lusting after and they destroy her, mm. um, kill her, destroy her. And, um, and it's so sad. And then, so you would think then that the younger sister, having seen what happened to the older sister, that she would not, you know, follow in that, in those footsteps would not go down that road because, you f- you know you flirt very literally I guess and mm-hmm. as and uh, flirt with the danger and and it's going to with judgment you. yeah in and, this case yeah and and this but the younger sister does exactly what the older sister did and they're saying you're going to have yeah. the same consequences the same, I just a, thought that that was a really yeah. it was a hard is a hard chapter to read because when you put it like that you know when you put it as a woman, you know, and, and yeah. it just is so tragic and, yeah. But it sure delivered the message. It, it was very was graphic, and they the understood message. it because uh, Holy Bama was, uh, she's referred to in the scriptures, there were a number of women with the name. The name itself means a descendant of Ishmael. Mm. She was descendant of, of Esau in the right. lineage of the Edomites. Uh-huh. And so uh, they went off into idol worship almost immediately when the 12 tribes split, mm-hmm. 10 tribes in the north. Um, uh, they were led, Rehoboam led, the, uh, I mean Jeroboam led mm-hmm. them into idolatry. Mm-hmm. They built a gold calf and they they stopped going to the temple to worship. Mm-hmm. And, and so Aholibama was... Um, was a descendant of Ishtar, was named Aholibama. Mm. And so he uses these words, and I'm, I'm guessing, I'm kind of taking a page from what Jim was sharing and Jacob was telling us. Uh, by the way, his name on the book is James Champion, uh-huh. Jim Champion, and his Hebrew name is... Jacob Farrar. Jacob mm-hmm. Farrar, yes. exactly right. But anyway, uh, I'm kind of taking one of his little points here about, this is an Old Testament look, Aholibama was... Um, uh, they understood it. See, we read it and we go, "Holy Mama, why does he call her that?" You know, we don't. And you have to kind of dig a little deeper right, to find right. out what he was actually communicating yeah. to them, and how the, their unfaithfulness to him was being highlighted by by Ezekiel, mm-hmm. in that in that description in that comparison. So uh, we, we we there's just some remarkable messages and that I, Ezekiel came up yes. with. Yeah, go ahead. And I have um, often. I mean, even as you read Ezekiel, wondered, though, what is his kind of motivation, why he does write this, because for the most part, he's preaching to me, it seems like, to the choir. I mean, these these are not, um, which I think maybe emphasizes, goes back to, it's the heart of the matter. It, it is that personal relationship. It is that transformative message and the individual's Part because at this point the people that he's writing to the people that he's preaching to are already out of Jerusalem. They're not in Babylon. Anymore. Yeah, they've already been. They're uh, already been exiled. They've, they've already been, been in, judged. And, they've and, already been taken. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, 
Um, well, maybe they're especially uh, open and especially receptive at this time. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Or maybe they, or they have family that is maybe still in Jerusalem. Share it as well, you yeah. know, themselves to others. Um, but that's all been. Okay, there's our break. I assume, <laughs> I assume it was important for the people who, even though they're experiencing the judgment of God on them, yeah. taken into exile. This is not a new idea. Remember, even uh, Solomon, way back when they were dedicating the temple, warned them that if you continue to rebel and turn against God, I'll, I'll remove you from the land. Mm-hmm. And so this, that idea was was way back. They knew that that was a consequence. And, of course, it had been told to them in Isaiah and Jeremiah. So uh, I, I assume he wanted them to understand why this happened right. and what, what is the purpose of it. And right. he uses the occasion also to offer hope mm-hmm. we will be restored yes. to the land, which was yeah. unheard of. You know, no one returns the exiles to right. their own land. I think but, maybe mm-hmm. maybe what comes to mind then is Ezekiel does stay on message. Despite maybe when it seems like he doesn't need to anymore, he is faithful to what God has told him to continue preaching. And he's stayed you know, on point. You know, it's interesting. Yeah, he, he was told not to say anything except what God told him to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, didn't have, he couldn't have any other conversations. Hey, how's the weather? How about those cowboys? You know, <laughs> the, nothing like that. He could, only, <laughs> he could only say what, unless God told him to say it. If God said, okay, uh, Ezekiel, how about those cowboys? <laughs> but uh, but it, that ended, of course, when Jerusalem was destroyed. Mm. That he was not restricted. Phone number 210-340-9585. We'd love to have your answer to the question, who wrote Psalm 119? And we have a, a gift for you, just calling in and answering that question for us. The Bible Live will be right back. Don't go away. The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. All right, Johnny Cash talking about his faith and about his uh, following after Jesus. Um, he said, I, I ought to know. I was there when it happened. <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, we are back. This is our final segment of the Bible Live broadcast for the evening, for this Sunday evening. Now, uh, I haven't mentioned this before, but we are. Uh, a program that dedicated to going through the scriptures, through the Bible itself every year. Uh, For many years, we read the Bible on the air. I've recorded the entire uh, New Living Translation of the Bible, and we read through from Genesis to Revelation every year, Monday through Friday, a 15 to 20-minute reading from the scriptures that you could tune in and just hear the scriptures themselves. It was a a lovely, lovely time in, in a great 
to me, it was just a great passion to let people hear the actual Bible, not not three points in a poem, not a sermon. I mean, I'm not against sermons, and pastors are wonderful for teaching us. But sometimes I think we just need to hear the Bible itself. So we did that for many years from 2001 uh, forward. And then uh, I forgot what year it was. We went to um, five or six years ago, I think, that we went to the Internet with our reading program. Uh, and so we keep our Sunday evening commentary program where we ask questions from the readings of last week. We discussed the passages that we read this last week. And, and, and uh, if you go to our website, the Bible Live dot com the bible live dot com uh, you can go to the website and uh you can hear any re- one of the readings that you would like to find there under our podcast or or you're right there on the front page you can scroll down and listen to the five readings for any given week and in, in this coming week it's already uh it's already renewed and the first reading will co- become active at twelve o'clock midnight tonight the reading from for Monday will kick in. We have two more readings, like I said before, from the book of Ezekiel. And then on Wednesday, we start uh, the book of Daniel, which is going to be very exciting and, and a very, very interesting book as well. Shall we go to the phone line? Yeah, let's do that. Todd on the line. And talk with Todd. Thank you for calling in. We appreciate you being out there. Oh, my pleasure. I appreciate your show. Yeah, it's Thank a wonderful you, evening. Uh, thanks for having uh, Jacob on. I'm, yeah, you uh, looking bet. forward to his book. Oh, I am too. I really am, Todd, for sure. Well, do, you're going to answer that, that question for us about the the Psalm 119, uh, I'm thinking. So let's see. Uh, what can you tell us about it? Well, um, I'm going to answer it, and I guess you'll tell me if it's correct. Um, I, I think it's one of the... Uh, one the uh, books that the or chapters that uh, the author is anonymous and and I've heard uh, Jewish scholars call these the orphan psalms because they can't identify you know many of them obviously very by David, interesting so. yes indeedy there that is accurate and yet there is a tradition the traditions is, is in and historical historically even the the Hebrew basically the Hebrew scholars come down behind a certain individual. And I, yeah. I think I, it, he wrote another book of the Bible, so he's another book of the Hebrew Scriptures. That's named a not, after, which is and named after, and, him. and it's named it's after named him. him. Um, he is post-exilic, uh, post-exile uh, author, and he was part of the group that l- gave leadership to the Babylonian exiles that returned to. Uh, Israel and Jerusalem. Uh, I'm giving you a couple of hints because I want you to be able to get this. I, th- I think you know who it is. <laughs> and it sounds, well, it, his name starts off very similar to the book that we're currently Ezekiel, reading. Ezekiel, almost, yeah, much shorter. <laughs> but also, too, uh, he, he is even in, uh, even in his book, and he's portrayed as he's a great lover of the Scriptures. He, in fact, he himself is a scribe. He, he has translated and he read the Scriptures to the people back in Jerusalem when the exiles that had returned. So uh, I'm wondering if I've triggered your memory in thinking about mm. who it might have been. Well, I'm thinking Daniel, but I don't know that that didn't sound like the clues you were. No, uh, it starts with the same you. letters of Ezekiel. Uh, a much shorter Ezra. name. Ezra. Yeah. Ezra, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we, Ezra. we want to make okay. sure. 
But yeah, that is who it is thought to be, uh, thought to have been as the, the scribe. But uh, and you can you, you can look it up. It, it's not like we have absolute knowledge of that, but that's where kind of the uh, the uh, consensus has come down that it was Ezra, uh, a great lover of the scriptures, and wow, you know, and a writer, a scribe. So, but it was a remarkable uh, achievement writing that long, long psalm and all of these twenty-two sections. Each one beginning with a different letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and it just—it really is remarkable when you know about it. Well, I appreciate you, Todd. Thanks yeah. for being out there and listening, and, and it's encouraging to hear your voice here. Um, I want to send you, and I have your phone number here, so I'll, I'll call you and let you know how uh, get, get an address so I can have this mailed to you. Okay. A book called God Wonderful. Understands. I hope you'll it'll help you and be encouraging to you, and maybe something you could uh, find useful for in. in Maybe encouraging and helping other folks when they come sometimes have these um, these these problems or difficulties in life uh, that God does oh, understand. He speaks to our situation. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Todd. Appreciate you calling. Thank you as well. Uh-huh. All right. Have a good Appreciate night. You as well. Take care. All right. So we've got uh, an answer. He knew it. If we just had to joggle his memory a little, little <laughs> bit, uh, so uh, that's how we are. We, we, you know, we we want you to be a winner. Let's put another question out there if we can. So if anybody wants to call in and and uh, win uh, one of these prizes, let's uh, let's make that uh, 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 give them another opportunity. Stacey, do you have a one of the I questions do. that you think? I do. I, I like this one because I I enjoy. Ooh. Well, yeah. I don't know Go that ahead. you know what I'm going to actually. <laughs> no, go ahead, go ahead. Okay. Um, Thirteen <clears throat> times in his writings, so this is Ezekiel, more than any other prophet, Ezekiel provides something that makes it easier for us to know the chrono- chronology of the different historic events he describes. What does Ezekiel mention so often? Thirteen times in his writings. That is a distinctive of uh, Ezekiel as an author, as a writer, yes. and uh, it's a distinctive of his book. He, it's great. I'm sure historians oh, everywhere made their job a, a lot easier. <laughs> and or I love it because I them, love yeah. this particular thing. I because you are a student and a, a fan of history. Yes. yes. So he uh, includes something, uh, some information in his writings <clears throat> more than any of the other prophets. He provides something that makes it easier uh, for us to know the chronology and to know the the setting, the historical setting, uh, things, events going on around him that he is describing. What is it that Ezekiel mentions so often? And you can find it in chapters 31, verse 1, and chapter 32, verse 1. Okay. In case, just, Those are the two examples just of two it, right? Examples. <clears throat> 31 per verse 1 and 32 verse 1. Now, all of these questions are found at our website as well. We p- include not only the readings uh, that you can listen to, but uh, some some study helps that allow you to kind of ask questions after each reading and each section and uh, each week's readings and kind of review the, the things that you've heard as you listen to the scriptures together. It gives you a chance to hear the entire Bible every year. So uh, I want to encourage you maybe to try it, test it out. Give it a try. Come on, join with us, with us tonight uh, on Monday. We'll start. Uh, we'll finish up with the book of Ezekiel, and uh, this week we'll start the exciting, wonderful book of Daniel. And so, just gotta get a taste of it, and uh, maybe you'll join with us. And uh, let's read through the scriptures together uh, this year. And we start over in the book of Genesis in the book of November. Uh, we'll finish up 
the book the, for this reading of this cycle, uh, the last of October, uh, around Halloween, we're reading the book of Revelation about not you know not about witches and goblins and ghosts and that sort of thing but we're talking about the real spiritual dimension mm-hmm. that is uh described in in some detail in the book of the revelation and uh you know about satan about angels about uh you know god himself and god's plan and and, and the ultimate final times uh uh the ultimate final times that we're, that we're living in, mm-hmm. all of the times from the ascension of Jesus after his resurrection to today, 2,000 years now, all of that is considered part of the end times. Mm-hmm. Those are the last days. Mm-hmm. The, the, these are the days of the kingdom the, and the, with the full-blown message of the Messiah and mm-hmm. so on. <clears throat> so anyway, that's how we'll end up, and we'll start over again there in the probably the first week of November there. We'll start over with the book of Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Mm-hmm. So uh, you can look forward to that. Ben, join with us and uh, go through the scriptures with us this year. Uh, that does, when I talk about uh, Satan, I do want to talk about how is it, <clears throat> let me see if I can ask this good question. Um, this is a question that I probably will offer the Bible. If someone wants to win the Bible, this is a hard enough question that if how how did we come to believe that Satan was formerly a, a an archangel, an angel of God, and that he fell from uh, he was judged and cast from God's presence, cast from glory uh, to the earth. Uh, how did we come to believe that about this uh, in, this Spirit being that is described in scriptures, Satan. We see him in the Garden of Eden. We see him, read about him in the book of Job. Uh, and uh, we, in the New Testament as well, we talk about demons and, of course, Satan. Uh, he was a fallen angel, that he was before, that he was an archangel mm-hmm. along with uh, um, Gabriel and, and the, the warrior Michael. Uh, so. And we find the answer to that. One of the key passages is from the book of Ezekiel, chapter um, 28. Chapter, chapter 28. 28. Uh, we also find the same uh, message and the same kind of uh, description in uh, Isaiah, I believe, in chapter 18, if I remember correctly. 14. 14. 14 thank you. Mm-hmm. Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28. So how is it we came to identify Satan as having formerly been an angel of God and that was cast from God's presence. And it's fascinating. I, I, it's a great, a great <clears throat> it question. Really is. It's a really interesting answer. So it's a little harder, a little more difficult yes. than some of the other questions. Yeah. You have to kind of have dug a little deeper because uh, a lot of us take it for granted that, yes, he was. We're told in sermons and so right. on, he, you know, he was a formerly but an angel of God and he idea. fell. Right. But where did we get the idea? Mm-hmm. That's... Mm-hmm. Uh, particularly here in the Hebrew scriptures. Jesus talks about it. He says, I saw Satan when he was cast from heaven. Uh, uh, Jesus talks about it. But where do we, uh, where we get the idea that he was uh, formerly an angel and so on Uh in the the Hebrew scriptures? Where would Jesus have learned and gotten that understanding? Okay, you give us a call, 210-340-9585. We've got a beautiful new Bible, the Warfighter Study Bible. Uh, for you, if you can call in and answer that question, we're going to hold you a little bit of a higher standard here. We want to, we want you to uh, know the real answer. 
We'll try to give the answer before we go off the air this evening. But if you have that and would like to take a shot at it, 210-340-9585. And if you want to look it up, it's chapter 28 verses, well, really chapter 28, but Mm -hmm. 11 through 19 Mm -hmm. specifically. But I wanted to ask you, Jed, there's... um, one of the things I really enjoy about Ezekiel is how, that, you know, you would think that it's prophecy, and so there's kind of an ethereal mm-hmm. idea when you think of prophecy, kind of otherworldly almost. Visions. Sort of and, and, and you think of Revelation almost, yeah. or you yeah. think of, um, or telling the future. But really, Ezekiel is very much planted, though, in, in real time, space, dates, Hint, hint. Um, <laughs> and I mean, there's so much going around, and all of that is also brought into his writings. I mean, mm-hmm. he's very much talking about Tyre and the Phoenicians and the Assyrians and the Babylonians and Egypt, this is Egypt, the, yeah. in, in Egypt, and this because is, uh, Jerusalem was uh, signing a right, treaty with right. Egypt, hoping that Egypt right. would save them from Assyria, Babylon, from Babylon uh, right. and, and Nebuchadnezzar, but. But, of course, they had been told it ain't going to work. And Nebuchadnezzar actually ends up destroying Egypt as well. Uh, And it's just very, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, and this is all history. I mean, this Mm -hmm. is, when we think of it as the Bible, and it is, of course, in the scriptures, and a lot of, I'm sure, what we know comes from just the the biblical account exactly right um, but it, it you know this is this is the babylonian empire this yeah. is the seven wonders of the world this is alexander the great that comes shortly after this, this is it was egypt, the pharaoh necho exactly yes necho was the pharaoh of egypt who <clears throat> they signed a peace a right. treaty with to try to uh resist nebuchadnezzar in babylon and necho went north from egypt up to um up to Damascus mm-hmm. for the Battle of Carchemish in yeah. 605 B.C. And that's where Nebuchadnezzar uh, met them in battle and defeated Necho in Egypt and then came back over to Jerusalem and destroyed Jerusalem and the temple. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, th- I mean, these are so these are was, actually yeah. historical events and right. times that we read right. about and know about. And <clears throat> exactly right. And so Assyria, if you could so where do the Phoenicians um come into this and then Tyre which I thought was a really neat so that's one of the prophecies that uh, Ezekiel had made right um, how would that have been just unheard of to we're them? not getting a, we're not getting a call about our question um, so I guess I might have to answer it because I don't want the people not to have the answer to that question yes, especially when you were talking about all of these yeah. different nations and in chapter 28 Ezekiel is warning uh, the king of Tyre. Tyre and Sidon were twin. They were two uh, Mm city-states on the uh, on the shore on the on the coast of the Mediterranean, kind of like Oregon. It was in the northwest corner up from uh, Israel. Mm -hmm. And Tyre and Sidon, they they were the capitals of Phoenicia uh, when it was in its power time. Uh, The the actual capital was Damascus. And they were defeated by the Assyrians many uh, centuries before. But so we have Tyre and Sidon. These are two very rich, powerful city-states. And they were rich because of their trade status on the Mediterranean. They were great uh, uh, sailors and shipping. And they had a unique uh, city of Tyre in particular, had a unique uh, construction 
the, the city existed in two sections or parts. One was on the mainland, and the other was separated by, by uh, the Mediterranean uh, 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 water. They were out on an island. And so it made it very difficult to attack them successfully because they uh, they ruled the seas. They were right. master uh, uh, masters of the seas. So, uh, but he told them that <coughs> Ezekiel tells them that you're going to be destroyed, and it's in the process of talking to them attire about their pride and their arrogance. Uh, about he's talking to the emperor of Tyre and, and Sidon. But in the uh, passage, he you can see it if you read in uh, chapter 28, verse, uh, <clears throat> verse uh, what is it? 14, 11. I think. Uh, verse 11. 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, this further message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, sing this funeral song for the king of Tyre. Give him this message from the sovereign Lord. And he, he says it is. You were the model of perfection, full of wisdom and exquisite in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Your clothing was adorned with every precious stone, uh, red canalon, pale green peridot, white moonstone, blue green beryl, you know, and so on. All beautiful crafted for you and set in gold. They were given to you in the day you were created. I ordained and anointed you as the mighty angelic guardian. And so that's where we get the idea that Ezekiel is uh, announcing judgment on a, a wicked, arrogant, prideful king. And right here he changes, and he's no longer talking about a mortal man, a king. He goes to the spiritual power behind that king. And, and Isaiah does the same thing in chapter 14 of his book with the king of, of uh, Babylon, with okay. Nebuchadnezzar. Right. He said, you were an, uh, a beautiful angel. You were this mm-hmm. and that, and you mm-hmm. were cast from God's presence. Mm-hmm. So that's where we get the idea that Satan was a formerly a, an, uh, an archangel mm-hmm. and and um, that it was cast from God's presence. He's a created being and all, all the detail that we went through there. But that's um, a, lot of po- a lot of folks don't know that, that yeah. where we got that. And, I mean, it's uh, to make <clears throat> that connection from, though, from Satan and that fall and then to the human heart and how the human heart can fall. I mean, he's, you can see, and, and in his wording, um, your rich commerce led you to violence and you sinned. I expelled you, O mighty guardian, from your place among the stones of fire. Your heart was filled with pride because of all your beauty. Your wisdom was corrupted by your love of splendor. And he told them that they would be destroyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, this great, powerful city that has this island state right. and, and, and that was considered very very difficult or maybe impossible, right. but that prophecy became true. It was, uh, but it was it came true in two stages. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. Wh- what was it when they when uh, Tyre was destroyed? Nebuchadnezzar um, first uh, <clears throat> the fifteen year siege at, in five eighty six. Yeah, Nebuchadnezzar destroyed the part on land, mm-hmm. the mainland, but they couldn't get to the island. They couldn't uh, conquer the island, so they it was left. But later, Alexander the Great in 332 B.C. went back and they defeated Tyre and they destroyed the island mm-hmm. city. And how they did it was they took the stones and the rocks that were from the rubble, from the leftover, the rubble from the mainland right. city, and they put those rocks and stones and out into the water and they built a bridge 
to the island, and then they went on and and defeated them and sacked the city, of course. Mm -hmm. So this prophecy uh, that Ezekiel issues that they're going to be destroyed is... It actually does take place. It is fulfilled. It's and it was, all and the they prophecies. never did come. They still. Yeah, a pile and he of said rubble. you would never. If you see it today, I had I got a postcard one time from a friend of mine that was over in Israel, and that, and he sent me a postcard of the present city of uh, just rubble. Uh, uh, Tyre and Sidon. <clears throat> it's where it says in the in the book of Ezekiel that fishermen would dry their nets, oh. and he showed. Net, fishermen's nets draped over oh, the rocks on wow. the on the coast, and, and this is where Tyre was. Right, you know? right. So it's a very uh, Ezekiel, a very interesting book. Lots of details, lots of things uh, that we could point to. In, in a, we've had a good time tonight. We'll see you next week. We'll finish up Ezekiel. You'll start the book of Daniel, and uh, um, we'll go through some questions and some review of that. And we look forward to it. Have a wonderful week, everyone. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 930 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The The Bible Bible Live Live Quiz Show. Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and The Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.